time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. So good. Oh, it's a scramble to get everything going this morning. Have you heard those mornings? It's Monday morning. It's Monday noon. Well, depends on what part of the country you're on. If you're out on the West Coast, it's still morning time. Thank you so much, no matter where you're dialing in from. The reason I'm thinking of the West Coast is we have our guest, Ken Perry, who is dialed in from the West Coast, back from vacation, back from travel. And boy, I'm excited about that. But anyway, it is Monday, August 2nd, already in August. Hot days of August. Although it's really been mild here in Texas last year. Not that you're here for a weather report from Texas, but we're glad that you're dialed in. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is definitely for mortgage professionals and anyone involved in the real estate industry. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Video is great, but audio you can listen to anytime. And we try to create word pictures. Again, I already told you, talk about creating hilarious word pictures and hilarious images. Her special guest, Ken Perry, President CEO of Knowledge Coop, does that in spades. He's got one of the most effective training programs in the market, and he does such an awesome job of edutainment. And it is both educational as well as entertainment. So edutainment has been perfected by our guests. Talk about regulation, talk about the latest things that are going on, especially the challenging topic of fair housing and lending. So anyway, good stuff. Say a special thank you to our friends at Industry Syndicate. Check out all the podcasts at industrysyndicate.com. We're so grateful for our sponsors, starting off with the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Be sure to get registered. I've got the card here for the annual conference that is coming up. I'm registering today, getting it done, October 17th through the 20th in San Diego. Ken Perry and I and our special band of brothers and sisters are coming together. We'll be there. We're going to have been talking more about that in the future. We'll talk a little bit about that maybe today with Ken's on, but looking so forward to seeing all of you at this conference. Be sure to register. We need to see you. We need to hug on you. We need to love on each other. We need to get connected. Time for a connection to begin. Anyway, check out the MBA conference in San Diego. Not a bad place. Had two mortgage companies there back in the day and love going back to San Diego. Also, want to say a special thank you to Finastra's Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. They have got some of the most innovative things going on there. This is a large tech company, third largest in the world to be exact, and they've got some of the latest, greatest stuff that they're doing. They have a partnership with Microsoft that gives them unique advantages in what they're bringing to market in the way of automation for mortgage lenders. So be sure to check out all that Finastra has to offer and all their solutions and I could go on and on about it. In fact, we will be. It's fun to be working with an international company. We're talking with Alan over in the jolly old England and talking to him Thursday and we'll be talking some more. So got some great stuff going on at Finastra. So check them out. Lenders One, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative, the two primary co-ops in the marketplace that do a great job of connecting lenders and vendors. And again, we've got the Lenders One conference coming up. We'll be broadcasting live from Orlando, Florida next week. I'll be there with our podcast equipment. Looking forward to it. Just ship it out there so we can be doing our podcast there, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative. Just talking to David Kittle of TMC and all the exciting things they have going on. So check out both of these. You want to become members of both of them like we are, at least one of them. And I won't tell you which one. Find the one that's right for you, but I recommend both. 
anyway, also the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. Thank you for their sponsorship as well as Incelerate. Josh Fred did a great job. That podcast gets downloaded like crazy. And I think it has to do with people are looking for what is working today in the marketplace. And more and more people are calling Josh Friend to find out what's working on the origination side and how to use his Incelerate technology to give you a leading advantage. And it's great stuff. As well as Knowledge Group, we've got Ken Perry on today. As well as Mobility MMI as well as Modex. Both of these companies do a great job of helping you recruit the right people, not just anybody, but the right ones for your organization. Check them out. We had a great interview with Ben Turley on July 5th. Go back and listen to that one. We've got Dale Larson coming up with Modex on the run-up here we're going to be having in the future. But also a special thank you to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, and Matt for their contributions each and every week. Folks, welcome to the Lickin' and Lending Hot Topics segment. We have got a dear friend of mine, someone I enjoy at so many levels. I enjoy who he is as a person. I enjoy who the core of this individual. I enjoy his sense of humor, which is wicked and weird sometimes, but so good. And I'm talking, of course, about the talented Ken Perry, President and CEO of Knowledge Coop. Ken, good to have you here. Hey, uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Talk about stuff that is just innovative and fun. I said it in the weekly mortgage update, we talked about you and your talent to educate and entertain. You've brought it together in such an amazing way. I love what you do, Ken Perry. Now I've even actually gotten to have a role in one of your episodes, so I can't wait to see that, the one we filmed with. <laughs> Gather here in Texas. Man, your brilliance of your team, your creativity, it's just brilliant. So we got to really give a shout out about Knowledge Coop and the amazing training material. The Game of Loans, which is off of the Game of Thrones, that one is brilliant. There's so much stuff with you being on your knees, chained all up in there. And uh, I didn't think we could pull that off. I was actually pretty impressed when the idea first came up because we do one every year. We do a different theme and the idea for Game of Loans came up and I was like, there's no possible way that we're going to get all of those costumes and the makeup. And then we did. So the team really impressed me and shocked me with the ability to do that. That was pretty cool. You have an amazing team. In fact, sometimes we may have to go get an interview of you and your team because you do have an amazing team. And I think that gets into a podcast I'm going to be planning out here in the future is how do you hire to get what you have inside of you and in your case into training material? I mean, that's a whole nother topic, but we're here to talk about what's going on in the regulatory world and discuss the new administration's focus on fair housing and lending that's got a lot of people nervous. But before we go there, I love your story about KnowledgeCoop. And I was reading in the notes, I didn't realize you started this with your mother-in-law. I did. She is my first employee. I'm actually one of the few people and the only person I know who has successfully employed my mother-in-law and my mother at different times. Both of them had great careers here. And uh, yeah, my mom, I actually employed last year. She was a director level with Kaiser Permanente in technology. And so when we needed to do a technology boost, I brought her in for six months to work on that. So yeah, successfully had both of them working here at different times and still kept the relationships intact. Amazing. I think that's awesome. Well, it's not surprising. Mom probably thinks you're still pretty cool. I imagine that. And your mother-in-law says <laughs> have her daughter, Mary, such a cool guy and sharp. I mean, we say wicked sharp, but we mean that in the most positive sense of the word. You have got an amazing sense of humor and just staying on top of this thing. And I want to start off by really on a broad question. What should we expect from the regulators? And we might almost say new regulators. Is that a 
Good way to phrase it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, new and now empowered. So some are new, some are just given new authority that they didn't have before. And I think it really is going to be an interesting couple of years because everybody, if you look just down the list at every director that was just put in place, every one of them is a more aggressive, more consumer friendly, less business friendly person to lead each of the departments. Like, take a second, like not right now, but like go later and look at the new woman that they just put in charge of the FTC. And if you do enough research on her, she got famous with her article about Amazon and how much she hated their format and the way that they were doing things so much that Amazon just sued to try to get her taken off any of their investigations and they lost. And they're calling her the hipster regulator because she's in her thirties and she's just a freaking beast. She's brilliant and she's got some interesting things to say, but she's again, very much consumer friendly. She just got something approved where now they don't have to prove consumer harm necessarily to go after a company. And so now they can just go after you based on your structure. So every regulator has changed hands. The CFP will finally complete their changing of hands over to Rohit pretty soon. But everybody's got that same thought. And that is, let's go after everything that's harming consumers right now. What you'll see is, I mean, a lot of it is going to be first off the whole forbearance crisis and then people getting kicked out of their homes who are renters. There'll be a lot of focus on that. But anything that you read, the very next thing on that list of things they're focusing on would be fair housing and fair lending. So it's an area we do need to pay attention to. We received a uh, email over the weekend from uh, one of my clients about the CARES Act. And any opinions on what we're going to see happening with the CARES? I mean, are we going to see this continue on? What's your thoughts? Really, states have taken it from there. So the CARES Act, the original CARES Act, that's what kicked in a lot of the money that's now been flowing right. to people, a lot of the protections for consumers in renting and owning their houses. A lot of states like Oregon, where I'm at, that rent moratorium where you can't kick somebody out is going through the end of the year. So a lot of states have just gone, okay, cool. Thanks, federal government. Let's go ahead and see what we can do on the state level. And so you're seeing more of those kick in where the feds started it and the states will finish it. And that'll be just different based on what state you're in and just how much your state is focused on consumer protection. I'm totally not having to do with fair lending, but I'm really, really interested to see what happens with a lot of the lower paying jobs. Because like we just went to Sun River for the weekend. We went out to Central Oregon and everywhere we went, they didn't have enough staff to do anything. Like there's not enough lifeguards. There's not enough people working in the stores. People have had to cut their hours back because nobody wants those lower paying jobs or nobody has the ability to go work right now. So it's going to be interesting as the money stops flowing through and as they roll back some of the unemployment kickers and things like that, what will happen with those jobs? Will there be a rush to catch those jobs? But you know, right now they've got a thousand dollars signing bonus to go be a checker at a grocery store. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see how that rolls out. Oh, Matt covers that pretty well. Those last, but <laughs> when you brought up the talk about the states, because this did move to the states, and everyone talks about CFPB. There's new regulators, but it's the states. Talk about what's happening at the state level, because that's oh, really yeah. where your focus should be. It's not like we have one CFPB, we have 50. Oh my gosh. I know. And the problem is so many states act so differently. They just last year moved over a thing called the SES. It's the state examination system. So they've got a software now where in the old days, let's say Oregon had examined you and California comes in to do an examination. Mm-hmm. The Oregon examination that you received said you can't share it with anybody. So that was like a, a protected document that you couldn't share. And so when California came in, they'd be like, show us your Oregon exam. And you'd be like, I can't. Oregon says I can't. And 
And there was a lot of siloed information out there where the states had, had locked up how the exam went. Well, the states are working together so well now that they've got a software where if California goes in, they just log into the software and they can pull up all of your past exams at all of those states. And now when they come into your office, they can be like, hey, we noticed that when Connecticut was in here last week, mm-hmm. they were concerned about this. What have you done since then or last year or last month? And they can track all of that. So you could actually get in trouble for doing something that the state didn't even know you were doing until they discovered it using the software that helps them collaborate. And then if you look at the way that the CFPB has coordinated with the states, so you always have to think about like what's behind all of this, right? That's where I always start with what's behind everything. And with the states, most of them have not really been pulled back, right? They have always been go time. In fact, when originally Mulvaney steps in as the interim director of the CFPB, when he stepped in, the states were like, okay, so he's not going to do anything, which means we have to do things. And so you saw the states kick up their enforcement arms a lot heavier knowing that the feds weren't going to do anything. And especially when you had Ben Carson over HUD, you just didn't have a lot of people in those positions that were going to be very aggressive at going after the industry. So the states picked up and they didn't have any support from the feds as they were trying to fight their battles. And then all of a sudden you swap out all of the federal regulators and you put new ones in there that are all very much consumer friendly and who are stepping in going, okay, there hasn't been a lot of enforcement. We need to now bring that. And then you get this new regulation regulation by enforcement from the federal government, tap that onto what the states were already doing, and you're going to see just a lot of aggressive enforcement going forward through the next few years. And again, going back to fair lending, a lot of it's going back to fair lending. A lot of it's going, we weren't a focus during the whole Black Lives Matter movement. When that started kicking up high, I was looking at it going, gosh, you want to talk about a complete lack of enforcement. Fair lending has not been enforced at all over the last few years. And that's an area that the regulators were kind of caught. And I don't know this to be true, but I imagine a world where somebody went, hey, regulators, what do we have on fair lending? Have we busted anybody? Can we brag about how we too want everybody to be inclusive? And the answer was no. They really haven't done a lot of enforcement lately. If you look at the cases that have happened over the last few years, there really hasn't been enough. And so it's not because people aren't violating, it's because they didn't have an enforcement group or they didn't have a director that really was driving the enforcement specifically in the fair lending arena. So it's almost like the more states you go in, it's almost like a exponential problem because everything that's been discovered by one state is now there to be, it's like building upon. Well, yeah, there's a multi-state mortgage committee now. So if you're licensed in more than 10 states as a company, you then qualify for a multi-state mortgage committee exam, which can be super cool because that means a bunch of the states are coming in at once. They do one exam for all the states. And that's awesome because now you're not opening your door for a new state every single month where you're having to do that many exams. The downside of that is if they find one thing wrong in one state, they found that same thing wrong in all the states. And so now, especially with a fair lending violation because those are pretty consistent across the states. So they find that you've got some issues with your lending. And and by the way, go to check out Humda, all the changes that Dodd-Frank made to Humda, and then all the further changes the CFPB made to Humda and all the data they're collecting. You can do a fair lending audit without walking in the door of any company. Like I can do a fair lending audit using the public data that they've released. Yeah. How is COVID? I mean, they're not going into office. I remember what happened one time before COVID, all these states showed up to do the exam and they said, we had to go rent a special room in the office building. They need to handle because we didn't have a facility big enough. It took up our entire conference right. and overflowing. So they had to go get additional space in their building to be able to accommodate that. So talk about COVID and how are the audits being done now, Ken? It's so you know, funny. COVID's the excuse for everything, right? So 
I was just talking to someone about this earlier where I called someplace and they're like, yeah, it's tough because of COVID. I'm like, help me understand how COVID actually had anything to do with what you just talked about. So it's always just kind of the easy thing to throw out. And for the regulators, they all fell behind during COVID and they were all working at the same amount of hours. They were all working from home, but when they were doing it, all of a sudden you saw people getting licensed because they couldn't work in restaurants anymore. So a lot of the restaurant workers actually rolled over to become loan officers, which then swamped the states. And so it did take away from some of their ability ability to get out and do more work. And then the exams just weren't happening because they couldn't walk into offices because the government is very careful about what they say that their people can and can't do. So most exams were dialed back. And really all you have left is the ones you can do without walking into an office. Because take a state governor like Gavin Newsom can be like, everybody has to stay inside their house except my regulators. You can't do that. And so the states all went to their state department of finance and they just said, hey, why don't you guys stay home for a while, figure out how to do this from the house. And so it did definitely back off. So there's a pent up demand for them to go back out and do the work. You're going to see California definitely step it up. On the federal side, I promise you over the next eight to 12 months, you're going to see a big CFPB fair lending case. And I'm only saying that because they need one. It has been very quiet and there's still problems. And if I could, I just want to address a couple yeah. of the things that have happened recently. The fair lending cases they've gotten recently, the older one, there was a bank that was in the South that was just the most horrendous case I've seen in my time working on this. And I've been doing this 18 years. I've owned this company. The worst case I've ever seen was out of the South. It was about three or four years ago. And it was the one where the data was showing that they weren't lending in specific areas to the African-American community. And so they sent in secret shoppers and the secret shoppers went in and tried to apply for homes. And it was amazing what white people were told about what they qualify for. And so white people were told they qualified for more. White people were given better rates. White people were given better fees. And then they had a meeting at that company where they said, we need to deny black people faster so that they don't complain. And somebody recorded the meeting. So worst case I've ever seen where it's the most rare and also obvious form of fair lending violation and the biggest one I'd seen up to that point. And so that was one of like the big dogs. But then if you look at the recent one, it's something that I think every loan officer, everybody who works for a mortgage company needs to pay attention to. And the recent one was the case in Chicago. Last I checked, it's still not yeah. closed, but the case against the company that was doing a podcast. So you and I are talking on a podcast right now, right? Mm -hmm. I don't do loans. You don't do loans. And so we're not covered by the same fair lending laws that a mortgage originator would be, right? right? right. But if you brought a mortgage originator onto this podcast and you were like, what do you think's going on? And let's say your mortgage originator that was on there was like, I see things going pretty well, but man, this area of town is just so bad and I would never move there. And those types of comments for a mortgage lender to say on a podcast, they discourage people from moving into those areas. And so that was the case they got out of Chicago was the CEO and some of the directors of the company were on a podcast talking about areas of town in a negative way. And because of that, what they said is is that discourage people from going to those parts of towns and buying houses. And if you think about it, a lot of what you and I talk about, what we say, unfortunately, does steer people away from areas. And I just spoke in, I'm back out doing CE live again. Uh, and we, We're packing a full year worth of training into six months. So I'm gone a lot. But out in Hawaii, it was so fascinating to me that they do have areas of Hawaii that they're like, oh, you don't want to go down there. But just the going feeling is if somebody says, where should I move? we're going to tell them, gosh, not that area. That area is horrible. And I said, well, here's the thing. The more people who 
do that, the less people that are going to actually move there. And that area will always be the lower income area. It'll always be the lower home values. Basically, you only live there if that's all you can afford, which is how our communities get so dilapidated. It's how we get communities that people don't want to live in is that we're discouraging them from moving there. And so a lot of the power is in the hands of the loan officers. When somebody says, where should I go? The loan officer should not default and be like, oh gosh, you want to go here, right? The loan officer should be saying, anywhere you go, I can get you qualified for a home. The realtors should be doing it right. And the realtors, I think, is where one of our biggest concerns is. They did a case in Chicago where they did secret shopping. And with secret shoppers, realtors were like, look, they took the white guys to the white neighborhood and took the African-American and Hispanic buyers to Hispanic and African-American neighborhoods and actually told the white guy, you could be a bigot. I can't be. But if you're uncomfortable anywhere I take you, that's totally fine. And then, I mean, just total blatant violations. But realtors have so much power in where they show people homes. And then loan officers have so much power in what they say about communities when they're talking to consumers. Well, the podcast comment is really interesting. I know someone who's listening to this, that we're helping them launch their intercompany podcast. And I'm going, Roro, going to be really careful about making sure we have the regulatory side of that covered. Talk about some other things on fair lending. We know that it's a really problem that they'll be focusing on more and more based on what you're saying. Give us some other examples. Mm -hmm. Ken and I are part of a mastermind group and uh, we sit around. And so different ones will tell stories. We're all storytellers. We love enjoying it. And so it ends up, we all sit around. Perry, tell us another story about the <laughs> and he's got them. I mean, so any other things that are out of the blue, I mean, those sound like, but the stories, the examples you just gave seem outrageous, outlandish, but sadly they're not. Yeah. So I think an individual loan officer right now, their biggest thing that they need to watch out for is who are we giving exceptions to? And what they found was for the majority of the exceptions are going to white people and sometimes Asian Americans as well. And so if you're looking at your rate sheet and you go, let's say a loan officer has the ability to give an exception to somebody or even can ask for an exception. We need to be paying attention to that and going, hey, are we giving exceptions equally across the board to everybody? Oh, dude, this happened to me. I was on a Frontier flight, which I've only been on one because I can't stand Frontier. I'm an Alaska guy. And I'm on a Frontier flight and I had my iPhone out or whatever and I went in to check in and then on Frontier, they charge you if you want to like wear your shoes on the flight. Like they're like the Spirit <laughs> Airline policy. Yeah. And so they they said, are you going to go a carry on? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, that's going to be like 50 bucks or something stupid. And I'm like, well, that's not okay. And they're like, well, if you go on the app, you could actually pay on the app and it's cheaper. And so I was like, sweet. And so I jumped on my app and I just did it and it was super easy and I got the better deal. Well, an elderly couple walked up behind me. They don't have cell phones. They don't have the ability to just jump on and do something quick. They paid the higher price. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, why are we not thinking about who's ending up paying the higher price? And that's what the CFPB is doing. It's not just how are you charging? It's also who are you helping that you didn't help the other people? And so we almost have to think about it on the level of like, how can I make a difference in the community. And that's kind of what I want to drive towards here is not you're going to get busted if you do it wrong, but really where are the opportunities we're missing? And I've had friends do Hispanic homebuyer fairs, Asian American homebuyer fairs. They'll go out and they'll volunteer at these things. And sometimes they'll be on committees, they'll build it, they'll raise it. They increase home ownership in that community. They're the only ones feeding that community sometimes. And when they do it, they get a ton of business. So think of fair lending as an opportunity to make more money. Like if everybody else is dodging a community, then jump in. Like, that's the community you should be setting up shop in because again, banks aren't going there. Mortgage companies avoid it. 
People say they're scared of communities. Dive in and go meet with a community group and say, how can we grow home ownership in your community? Because home ownership is the number one way Americans build wealth. Like that's it. Which is also how we got the wealth disparity is when the federal government, when FHA decided that they were going to draw red lines around communities, which people don't know that's where that started was the federal government said, we're not lending in African-American communities, which then limited wealth building in those African-American communities. But for white American communities, it was totally easy for them to build wealth because they could actually buy in those areas and get a loan and nobody else could. So that happened. That was a real thing. And now we have a lot of people that weren't able to build wealth and familial wealth wasn't built. And so how can we now be the difference? How can we make the change? How can we drop into those areas and actually start growing home ownership and educating consumers? And if I'm a loan officer right now, I'm going to build a community in those areas and just be the person that they need me to be, help them understand their ability to get credit. And that's where I'd go. I mean, personally, I think that's the best way to battle fair lending is just do the loans for people that everybody else is ignoring. Yep. I got some questions coming in. First of all, I'm looking at some of my questions, but Alan, if we could bring you on and ask some questions while I review, all the questions are being texted in right now. Alan. Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, I'll just stick to technology. You've got a technology platform that is used by many and you continue to build upon it. What role does your tech platform play or just in general, how does technology play a role in all this? As far as like for different mortgage companies or for us? All of the above. Yeah, for us, it's easy because we do training that gets delivered to 25,000 users or so. And so we're trying to build this, look at it differently, start planning differently, start strategizing differently. So we're using tech just to get the word out. For mortgage companies, technology usually is a really good thing. Like think about DU and LP. When those two came out, it really took out a lot of that subjective underwriting because now at least I've got something I can lean on and be like, no, actually it meets the standards and it was seen by a technology and not by a human. And so those areas are areas that we can really leverage. Anything that's automated doesn't see race. And so it's easier. Other things, I think we have to be careful with when a human overrides a technology, we need to know why. Mm -hmm. And because that's really where your hole is, right? It's humans. And if there's a human underwriter that goes, I'm just not buying it. That makes me go, wait a second, what'd you just say? If you look at a lot of the discrimination, for example, one of my favorites, because I fought against it and won, was when somebody goes on maternity leave, telling them they have to go back to work and get a paycheck before you'll qualify their income to buy a house is garbage. And for so long, I was flying around telling people, no, underwriters can't do that. And they're like, well, they make them do that. I'm like, that's wrong. You're discriminating based on familial status and your ability to stay home and take the right that you're given to be able to have time with your child. And so eventually HUD went in and started suing companies and saying, you need to count their income just because they're on maternity leave doesn't mean that they're not qualified. And so things like that, we just have to stop the underwriters from doing what they've always done and going off of feelings or going off of, oh no, we've always done this. We've never counted that. Doctor's letters from people that were currently on disability, making a doctor write a letter saying what they had and how long they'd be out, that's garbage. And so we have a lot of practices we need to change and those only get changed usually when you get a regulator like HUD who stepped in and said, you're not allowed to ask for these things anymore. Great stuff. Your technology is amazing. And we could go on and on. Folks, I just put a shameless push in for Ken and his company, Knowledge Group. If you haven't checked out his technology for LMS, Learning Management System, you need to. This is just over the top. Great 
communication tool. I think a couple of your customers are listening in, probably some mutual friends that we have. But one of them says, you're scaring the living crap out of me. I own a mortgage company. I don't have a huge budget for me to be able to do this. Tell me about what you can do to help me to manage the risk. Do you do on-site audits? We have friends who do that we uh, can send out to you. What we do is cover that training aspect. We're dropping constant training in to the coop. We can get you set up with your own training system through the Knowledge Coop where you're getting our training that's delivered to all of your people. And then what we always say is you can have our technology, you can have our training, but you also need to be communicating how you want things done. And so Mm -hmm. in our technology, we built a way for you to actually just drop a video in, add it to our training saying, hey, at our company, this is what our standards are. This is what we're concerned about. You know, I always say anybody that does a QC audit and doesn't communicate that out to the people so that everybody knows what we're concerned about in a way that people want to see it is crazy. Like you're finding problems and you're not fixing them. And so we enable the fixing of problems across the board for all of your people. By the way, I'll text you back and give you Kathy Thomas's number. We do that. Ken, she's awesome. She knows this stuff real well. But I know there's others out there because there's a lot of people needing to do this to double check this. The fair lending issue, is this a new one that we need to be just really focusing on? What else should we also be thinking about and focusing on? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, fair lending, obviously huge. The other two areas I'd look at the most is one is LO comp. I think you're going to see an LO comp case pretty soon. And I think it's going to be ugly because it'll change the way we look at everything. There's so many comp plans right now that are doing it wrong. And take the branch generated lead or all the stuff that we've tried to create that isn't real, but we try to do it so that we can pay people less. That type of stuff has got to go away. And it will go away the second there's a case against it because then people will be like, okay, I guess we can't do that anymore. And then RESPA. RESPA is a huge one. I think that's never going to go away. We're always going to have problems because realtors will always tell loan officers that the only way they'll send them business, they do the following things and pay them money or parties or that type of stuff. So I think you're always going to have a RESPA problem. I think the LO comp problem is going to be very, especially in the wholesale market. I think the way loan officers are taking money where the wholesalers are paying differently from different wholesalers, I think you're going to see a lot of issues. And I anticipate that also this year that you'll see some cases around that. Yeah. You have one of your fans writing us a text message saying, Ken Perry's the best speaker on this topic, but I don't have a speaking schedule. So where are you going to be speaking? Go to knowledgecube.com. You'll see all the live events. Mainly the eight hours are on there. And then I fly around speaking just for conferences and things like that. So you could always book me. Go to knowledgecube.com, click contact us, and then Rebecca can set you up with the speaking schedule. And don't get me even started, Rebecca, how amazing she is. We can't talk oh, about she's that. she's amazing. I know. She is amazing. She is amazing. God, the whole team is amazing. The creativity that goes on your company. Oh, yeah over the top, the technology you got going on. I mean, it's great. And it just goes to show you can start with your mom and your mother-in-law and have it all work. Ken Perry, thank you so much for being here today. I love you, brother. You are just such a dear friend. The brilliance and the energy that flows out of you. Folks, you just got to get to know Ken and the whole company. Heard you do that. The website, Knowledge Coop. Thank you so much, Ken, for coming on. Look forward to seeing you here soon. Can't wait for all the conferences to get going. You are just amazing. And I just love hanging with you. And we're going to be doing something together. Our mastermind group is going to be having some space. We'll be talking more about that as we get ready for the conference. So just, uh, Ken, have a great yeah, rest no, of thanks, the week. Buddy. All right, folks, that's it. That wraps up this week's mortgage update with all the things going on in the hot topic segment. Appreciate you being here. Next week, we'll be broadcasting a line from Lenders One Summer Conference in Orlando. Everyone's saying, I'm a little nervous about going there because of the recent variant that seems to be popping up there. We actually had a family that was vacationing there, came back. The whole family came down with COVID as a result of that. So, I mean, it's like, use wisdom when you're out there, folks. Be careful and 
protecting each other. Do what's wise. Just be respectful to where everyone's at. My recommendation. But anyway, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors as we exit. Finastra, CMLA, Lenders One, Accelerate. I have a Josh friend there in Mobility MMI with uh, Ben Turling. Modex with Dale Larson, our friends at MBA Knowledge Group. Ken Perry, our very own Ken Perry with us today. Sign up and check up on them as well as the Mortgage Collaborative, all of the various vendors that are sponsors of our podcast. Thank you all for being here. Have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.